And welcome to Nerds and Hip Hop. This podcast is about the intersection of hip hop and nerd life. Runaways, AZ, Dragon Quest, and J Rock are all fair game. If you know any of these names, welcome. There are usually four main parts of the show, but today is a special, special episode. It is the sequel to our last Black Panther analysis episode, and we have our amazing guest here to go into further into the Black Panther pantheon. Uh, I have my co-host here with me. Hi. <laughs> Victoria, a.k.a. Miss Old School. A.k.a. Sailor Scout Johnson. Me too. And then we have our amazing guest with us, Mr. Mikhail Simmons. You know, you really have me thinking, does Sailor have a last name? Like, is it like Sailor Moon Johnson as well? <laughs> yes, sorry. I'm here. Moon Moon, what up? Just, yeah, you know, um, it's her last name. But yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No, so today right. is different. We're going to go, we have two, we have three major parts of the show, but we're going to pretty much break it down into an analysis of the Black Panther issues four through eight of the Colts run. We're going to do, then you're going to do World of Wakanda issues one to three analysis. And then Vicky and I will end it with our experience with the Christopher Priest run. I think we're through issues one through five. That sounds about right. And I think I'll start off with talking about the thing that seems to be the most interesting coming out of the Colts run right now is this idea that to a certain extent, it feels like T'Challa kind of hates his job. I mean, (laughs) and I mean, kind of. I think part of it is that he treats his job like a job. Like, if you go back to even, like, the previous, the previous issues after his mom, (laughs) the mother passed away, the whole (laughs) argument was really trying to decide, like, how am I going to approach my job here? And, and he keeps on trying to take up this responsibility of like, all right, I'm going to approach it with this way. I'm going to approach it with this lens. And then he has to go back to the reality of the politics behind it all. Like the one of the first opening scenes is Akili, the panel. He's he's pretty much gets help from someone, and then he immediately tells that person, "Yeah, don't come into me into this political discussion right now. It's not worth it." <laughs> and he doesn't literally say that, but he's pretty much Akili is like that person would have been valuable to this discussion. He's like. I don't. Nobody needs to see the mess, essentially, that I've made. There's this kind of shame going on about how he views this thing, and that idea about his job as a leader kind of transitioned to what's happening with Shuri in, I forget the name of, like, the astral plane that she's essentially on in this kind of being a semi-afterlife with her mother, Ramonda. And... The line that stands out to me from the discussion of her and Ramondo was this idea of, like, either you're a nation or you're nothing. Mm-hmm. Going back to this point of, like, Wakanda is supposed to be a character. And it's like, that's that's this whole generate this culture on this trying to build up Wakanda as a general character and a place. But what did you guys think about, at least, that that connection about Wakanda going on? I mean, as, um, coat, sorry, wait. <laughs> yeah, um, 
So yeah, you're right. T'Challa is like that guy who is he hates his job, as you said, right? He's like leaving, wishing leave, leaving early, taking extended lunches and shit. <laughs> um, you know, he shows up. Wakanda. He's like, hey guys, what's up? It's like, yo, it's like eleven o'clock in the morning. You're supposed to be here since nine. WTF. <laughs> you know, and then he's like, okay, I'm out for lunch. Leaves for lunch at twelve. Comes back at three. And then goes to my three thirty. Like that's the child's mind <laughs> when it comes to being the prince of Wakanda. Um, that Italian lifestyle. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> you know, she's just like I'm out of this. Uh, but you see, it's not like he's not trying though. Like all, even though he's trying out, when he's there, he's there. Um, I mean, he has a number of problems. Like first of all. His immediate problem, revolution, <laughs> which makes perfect sense. His family problem, his sister is stuck on this astral plane of the universe, which I can't remember the name either. I don't know, I guess we could call it Never Never Land or something. <laughs> um, and you have the issue where he is not communicating with the people he should be communicating with, right? So, for example, the Dora Melage, 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 they, they, they don't know what's going through his head, so they can no longer trust him. And you see that play into World of Wakanda as well. So, even though on paper he's actually making the right decision, he's not communicating that with the people underneath him, who probably should know, but he feels like they, sh- he feels like they don't deserve to know. Um, so that's cause. So that's. So I'm, I'm mixing. I'm going between Willow Wakanda and uh, Black Panther now. But that's causing a rift in the structural hierarchy of the government. Um, so which is trickling down to the people. Right. It's it's interesting um, to highlight that 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 he literally gets up talking and was like, I almost wish I was in a scenario like Doctor Doom. He pretty much alludes to that around the panel where he asks him, like, wonder what Tony. That's what they most kind of the situation. But but this is the thing too. What I I wouldn't say he he probably is jealous of Doctor Doom in a sense that Doctor Doom is pretty black and white. Like I will kill you. <laughs> Listen to me or die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, you know, talking about too, T'Challa is the kind of guy who takes consultancy from everyone, even people he doesn't agree with. So he knows what mistake not to make. <laughs> Right. So him saying, I want to talk to these dictators, which happened, I think, in issue four or something, and then talking to Tony Stark is saying, all right, let me get as much information as possible about how to solve a problem. And all information isn't good information, but at least I know what is not good information now because I have the information. Mm. Um, so I think that's smart and tactical, and I wouldn't say he's leaning towards Dr. Doom by any means. I think his mind is, I want to get Shuri alive and make sure my country doesn't put it down. Um, I'm not communicating any of that properly. The irony is when Shuri comes back, she seems like a better leader than he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's like ready for battle when she comes back. Oh yeah, she came back on her sweaty. She's like mm-hmm. she's just running through you know like when you watch a sports game and people run out of the tunnel onto the steam of port? That's Shuri. <laughs> You know, she uh, comes, she's well-stretched, she's sponsored by Arma and Nike, she's good. <laughs> and I think that 
I think that goes into what you mentioned earlier about how she be- she she became better equipped to handle the problem by going back to her past or going back to the ancestors' past in that like astral plane. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like, and that's very. I mean, a lot of societies have that, but that's very Africa, right? You consult your elders, right. which I love, because um, it's very true to the region they're supposed to be representing. Um, consult your elders. There are lessons to be learned there. Yes, you do your own thing, but you can't make a smart move unless you ask people older than you. Right. And again, the parallel is that. T'Challa had his mom, but she got injured, so he can no longer speak to her. But Shuri, on the astral plane, had her mom, um, and she got a lot of wisdom out of that, too. So they both were, at all times, consulting people older than them. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she comes through with some pretty good advice, too. Like we said, we I think we were talking about how like, she kind of worked as a griot within the um the series because he's kind of like giving her all of these kind of like stories that have added meaning to them at the end um and one of the ones that stuck out to me was when she's like there's no fist wide enough to hide this guy and she's talking about the um man who's abusing his wife like you can't stop someone from getting to their freedom i thought that was pretty powerful right and i guess in that case that clearly means that to a certain extent this the role that Wakanda has over its people is going to change, and mm-hmm. it's okay for it to change. Right. That's it. Yeah, but I think more importantly, and I can't remember if this was up to issue eight or not, mm-hmm. it's like, it's, it shouldn't be Wakanda over people, right? It should be people of Wakanda. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and that's the issue right there. You know, T'Challa, as much as he's a king, he doesn't like being a king. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, the people, after getting taken over like by four four times in two years, they clearly don't like the king either because it's not worth here to their best interest for the last two years. Um, so yeah, so the whole over thing is not, it's not, I think that it's not what should happen. Um, and that can just be my bias being like living in a Western country being, hey, democracy is cool. Um, but yeah, it's not worth, the whole monarchy hasn't been working out for Wakanda at all. Or maybe the flip, the flip side, we could argue that it's moving to for Wakanda because if the child wasn't in charge, it would have been a lot worse. <laughs> Which is highly likely, given, given the information he does typically have and the things that he doesn't really have to navigate. But what did you guys think of the other parables? There's a there's another, there's another story about Solongo, which is the woman who ended up kind of rallying the men. Mm. Which which I thought was salient almost as if to allude that, oh, well, now maybe Shuri just really should be the leader because she's spiritually kind of embodying this historical event that has happened prior. Right, and she is the one, like, talking to the ancestors and making the right connections and the one that people have more faith in, it seems. Right. Yeah, Do we- I, I, I agree. It's... um. I mean, I'm sure for president, that's me. <laughs> you know, I'm all for who run the world, girls kind of thing. Uh, and when you... But again, it's funny, right? Because in mirrors, real life in many ways, where you have some of the most qualified people in Wakanda are women, 
yet the people who are in charge are mostly men. <laughs> um, or the people like, again, the person who started the revolution is an academic man. Kuchama is a man. The guy who's in charge of the army is a man. Um, even though the army is not really in place yet, actually, up to brigade. Um, the people who are trying to corrupt Wakanda are all men. <laughs> you know? The people who work, who, um, who T'Challa goes for advice, even the bad advice, you know, the dictates of all of them, they're all men. <laughs> you know, the only people who make perfectly logical sense in this entire country of one other women. I understand exactly what Shiri's motivations are. I understand uh, T'Challa's mother's motivation. You know, she was always level-headed, and she always um, said, hey, you know, I know you want this, but you have a few million people to take care of. Um, I also understand why the Dora of Melange, why they rebelled in, in their own way. They, they, yes, they don't have all the information, but with all the information they do have, they're like, this makes no sense to continue following T'Challa. Um, everyone, ironically, all the men are acting very emotional and all the women are acting very logical. <laughs> <laughs> That's fascinating. I never would have put it together that way because when I think of the face of the rebellion, there's the there's the dude, but I also think of the woman who can manipulate. I forgot what her exact powers are. Didn't she like manipulate emotions and tensions? Like that's how we get the very opening thing. Yeah, right, but everyone who's fighting each other in the opening scene, they're all men. <laughs> <laughs> and it is the the Rasta man who kind of sets her off on this path. Right. Yeah. Um, so again, and his his idea of a Wakanda is very much an emotional one, even though it's that academic argument, right? We are more better than the world. We should have this. We should have that. I feel like we should have that. I had a discussion with T'Challa. I, I think it's after chapter eight, after issue eight, where he spoke about he wanted all this, but he never realized what the actual when the rubber hits the road, what it actually meant. <laughs> You know, and T'Challa, who's usually the uber-logical one, wants to go up, is putting more resources behind Shiri than he's putting behind the country. Which, if you think about it, logically makes no sense. You have a um, few million people who could topple you. <laughs> you kind of <laughs> should probably handle that too. Because your sister is probably dead. She wasn't, but he didn't know that. <laughs> but speaking of women characters, though, like, I think one of the best parts in this run, or this not, yeah, I guess in the run so far, is the crew. I think that's the yeah. first time we kind of see women in Charlotte's world taking, like, an active part in doing something. We get Misty Knight and Storm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Misty Knight, like, I, I, I have, like, quotes from Misty Knight. Misty Knight saying it's lit. The best <laughs> ever. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, it's lit, baby. I'm like, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> Amazing. Um, and Storm, even though she's helping T'Challa, she's hitting T'Challa shots, insulting T'Challa like every five pages. Right. <laughs> Just being like, oh, yeah, the moon will marry. I like it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all about the agency. And they're two very different personalities, too, right? Storm and Missy are two very different people. Mm. Um, and the fact that uh, the child's like, yes, don't meet her. I'm cool. I don't need that. I don't need any more questions. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, sorry, but I, 
I think the crew calls out to like the bigger like when you talk about T'Challa hates his job is that T'Challa hates his job not because he hates his job or he doesn't want to take out responsibilities that his true kinship is not in Wakanda. Mm-hmm. Like those people actually genuinely care about him. Like it feels like, and this just it feels like everybody else in Wakanda cares about T'Challa based on the whether or not he's going to be a great king, and. And that that makes all the logical sense because that's how you treat a political leader. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it, it you can tell with when Storm, Luke Cage, and Misty came, that wasn't just the reason. Like, there's a genuine care. Like, even when Storm was about to leave, although my friend calls it shade, I didn't think it was shade. And she's like, some things are hard, harder to unknow than others. That's shade. I couldn't tell either. Like, I feel like it was shade, but it was also like, like, was she reciprocating those feelings? Like, saying, I feel like, like it was, but that's, that's just me. That, I, that's how I read it. Mm-hmm. But I, I've heard people just say that that is shade. I think it was genuine. But hey, what do I know? <laughs> I'm a crappy person in general, so I, maybe I'm just reading into what I want to read into. You know, it could go either way. I think it's funnier as shade, though. So maybe it is shade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like Storm is like, I know I'm hot. Like, <laughs> you don't know me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't yeah. Know I think that's the oh. other thing. Like, this is one of the few times we get kind of humor in the book. Is when you see the interactions between the crew. Like, you see Luke Cage asking for a scholarship for his daughter. Like, which makes sense. Like, that's something a regular person would do. Like, if I was Luke Cage, I'd be like, Hey, hook me up with that. You know, recommendation letter. <laughs> My daughter's gonna need to go to school. We don't have scholarship money. We live in where? Do, where are they living? I forgot where they're living. Are they living in Harlem? It's Harlem. That's, that's actually pretty good. Harlem's good place to live, so never mind. But still, yeah. I, yeah, I like the um. They were talking about the crew, and someone mentioned Bad Boy re- Reunion tour. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I was dying. I was like, "Yep, this is extra black." <laughs> yep, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I like um there's one there's one part where like Miss Knight is talking to T'Challa and she's like kinda of, she's kinda of implying like you've invited like half the black superheroes in the universe to come help you and surprise you then invite Captain America. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, you could have oh wait, no you shouldn't <laughs> kind of thing. Because there's always this whole like, Yes, you have Steve Rogers, but now you also have Falcon who's Captain America now, but he's right. black, but he's representing America, so you have the whole nationality question. I always thought I always thought it was interesting that Manifold was part of the oh I shouldn't was part of this yeah. crew. Yeah. You know? Because if I'm correct, Manifold is supposed to be Aborigine, right? <laughs> um from Australia. So technically he's not like African. Um, um that said his melanin cult reaches the point where he kinda <laughs> he's kinda into the fold at this point. <laughs> he reached the quote um, not the quota but the uh the requirements. He has a requirement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He needs, he needs a melanin requirement. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I kind of feel like T'Challa is like the king of black people. <laughs> it's like, yes, you're the king of like Wakanda, but like, let's be real. You're kind of repping for all of us. <laughs> right. He's the king of the entire black diaspora of super people. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Basically. I'm pretty sure there's some Indian guys who are like, T'Challa's my king. He's like, yo, you're from South India. It's like, yo, I'm dark enough. That's good enough. <laughs> Um, I really have to say that entire scene really sells me on the crew comic coming later this year. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm all the way bought into that, based on just like the interactions that we've seen. And I think, I think the thing that you get at is that all of these are older black superhero characters. Like these guys are like the original OGs, been around since God knows when. That's true. And I think that's part of the reason why Falcon, like even though Falcon's been around for a while, it's, it's his current reign as Captain America is newish. Mm-hmm. There's part, in addition to him saying optics is are is weird. It's probably because he's not a part of that kind of OG group. No, I don't think so. I think Falcon is part of that OG group. I just think it's all political optics. Like it's all political optics. I think so because okay, I think it's two things. One is the political optics, right? You can't have a guy named Captain America running around Wakanda to save Wakanda, like especially <laughs> a country, especially a country that's kind of proud of not being colonized or not having American influence in it. So, like after that, Falcon being Captain America was just not an option. <laughs> Um, and I mean, that said, too, Falcon have already rolled with the rest of the black diaspora in the comic books, right? So, if you think about that time period, um, you have Misty Knight rolled in Luke Cage, Black Panther only started rolling in New York after he had that whole Fantastic Four Avengers run. But Falcon never was there. He is the, you know, like if you go to school, and you have you hang out with black friends, but there's this one black kid you see all the time, but you never hang out with him. That's Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that that's where Falcon is right now. You you he might be cool, but you never really like you not you you do the black nod when you walk down the hall, but that's <laughs> as far as right. I know. Right, that's Falcon. And actually, War Machine is the same thing, right? Rhodes. Um, <laughs> you know, see, like everyone knows he rules with Tony Stark. We see what he does. He seems pretty cool, but like. We never like hung off at the same table. You know? <laughs> um, I think it's actually funny you mention that because we know that that uh, Panther has such a connection with Tony when they were part of Illuminati, all of that. Who? No, with Panther, Panther's relationship with Tony and being a part of Illuminati and all of that. Yeah, because Pan, because Black Panther is Jay Z, right? <laughs> you know, we know this already. There are people he will he will hang out with, which are the people he he came up with when he was in Brooklyn, <laughs> and the people on his level now. Like at the end of the day, Captain America, Falcon, and Rhodes are uh, he didn't grow up with them, and they're not on his level. <laughs> <laughs> oh damn. <laughs> Yeah, uh, am, I, am I lying? Like, what do you really think about this? You are, but it, it's, it's kind of... It's, it's, it hurts. It's hard, right? It hurts me. There's only <laughs> one person I would say is missing from the crew, and I don't get it, is uh, Blue Marvel. Right. And I say, and the reason why I'm surprised is because Blue Marvel is chilling with Black Panther over in the Ultimates comic. So it's not as if they don't interact or work with each other all the time. Yeah, well, maybe Blue Marvel is doing his own thing. And I feel like maybe it might just be because he's less known, and I mean it would have been a cool addition. Like maybe they'll bring him on in the crew, the spinoff comic. But I feel like it would have been like like you said, like everyone there was kind of like OGs. Oh, like Blue Marvel was kind of new. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Yeah, that I'm wondering true. too if he didn't bring in Falcon because like he's already getting criticized for like vacationing off with the Avengers. And it's like now you're gonna bring this dude here, you know? I don't. Yeah, it's like I might be. bringing your side. It's like bringing your side chick to your house. Like, 
exactly. Like, she's helping with the cleaning, but still. <laughs> exactly. It's like, wow, your side chick makes an awesome casserole, but mm, that's my kitchen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Doesn't work like but, that. Yeah, but I, but I do like, at the end of the day, I do like the fact that he called in the crew. It did look like a, a smart move to call in all black superheroes. You could be a little more inconspicuous. Mm-hmm. in Wakanda, even though you don't look like the people, the only thing you have in common is the complexion, but still, given the history of Wakanda, it's a smart move. Um, and they already familiar in some way with each other. So that makes life easy. Um, overall, I'm glad <clears throat> Shuri came back. And I must admit, Shuri came back all bad and bougie. <laughs> um, I'm Vicky, am I lying? You're not lying. She certainly came back bad and bougie, and I'm loving it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> With her outfit uh, and everything. Oh, psh, psh. Come on. <laughs> she came back tanned and shit like that. <laughs> that looks good on you. <laughs> Coming back from the afterlife with all dressed up already? I, I know. Yeah, for real, huh? <laughs> Like, I don't know if there's, like, a salon in the afterlife. <laughs> but she just came back. Like, I, I don't know if that made any sense. Yeah. But I support okay. the policy. I agree. I want to cosplay this outfit now. <laughs> I want to cosplay the outfit now. <laughs> <laughs> so let's make the transition to World of Wakanda now. Yeah, <laughs> speaking of women in Wakanda. <laughs> yeah. Uh, World of Wakanda's been good. I like it. I think I almost like it more than Black Panther sometimes. Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sometimes, yeah. I think, I don't know, it's more, I guess it feels more story-driven while Black Panther feels more politically driven, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, And, like, this whole relationship between Io and Anika just, like, really just, like, I, I like love stories, so, like, I'm, I'm just all in. <laughs> and just their conflict between, like, I think it's like their love of nation and their like their love between each other. Like they're falling in love with each other, but they have this tie to their nation. Like it's a really cool idea and story in general, and gives them like an extra meaning in their character. Yeah, I like the fact that they're both. I mean, again, it goes back to they being two very different people. Mm-hmm. Um, that's Ayo and Anika but also all the characters in this story are, have very different personalities and very different incentives, and they're not over-sexualized or flattened. Like, I understand I, where I was coming from, I was coming from, I understand where the head of the Dora Milaje, where, where she's coming from, I understand the young girl who's a little rebellious and where she's coming from, like, they all make sense, and they all are flawed in their own way, yeah. um, but unfortunately, you don't get complex female characters. You, you don't get enough complex female characters. Right. And the Black Panther comic, the Black Panther comic, you have those complex female characters with complex male characters. They're equals, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, what Willow Wakanda does is that you have women interacting with women as women, um, which sounds like Wow, why not? Um, but when you have decades of comic books with men and chocolate men as men, 
this is the one refreshing. <laughs> you know, when you have the Avengers being a mostly male team, mm -hmm. mostly male stuff. Look at Thor and Tony Stark, like the two men, like mm -hmm. testosterone up the wild um, <laughs> You know, but so I'm I'm really glad this exists in the main comic book, just women interacting with women and having a story that relates to the larger world overall. Yeah. And it made like a natural like that like or natural spin off for the comics because they are a huge part of what's going on in Wakanda right now. So it makes sense for yeah. them to have their own story going on because they're a huge part in this. Yeah, exactly. It's it's natural. You know, it's mm -hmm. not forced. Right. It's not like you need representation. <laughs> yeah. It's oh shit, these are interesting people. Let's let's explore this. Right. Yeah. I think the thing that brings it down for me because I'm excited about the premise because of everything is like this is the most natural extension like the Black Panther universe is going to get to have a second comic ever. Mm. The problem for me is that I don't really like Aniko as a character. Like I feel that the, the struggle is that in the relationship Ayo carries all the interesting parts of the character dynamic. Ayo is the one who like has a personality outside of the relationship and that goes into the relationship and affects the relationship, but it affects how she interacts outside of the relationship. So she feels like the most full, like well-written character. While Aniko feels like she doesn't have anything else going on about her personality besides being in the presence of that relationship. And that kind of throws me off in terms of like selling me on the love story. Does it sell me on like every time that Ayo speaks, I'm already there for anything that she has to say because it fits the whole theme of like, she's going to tell you because like you don't need to care about your country, uh, care about this wrong as long as you're caring about the people. Like we consistently get, she feels like the conscience of this entire book. Mm. And Nika just feels like she's along for the ride. I could kind of see that. Do you feel like she's a little one-dimensional, or you just feel like you just don't like her character? I think she's one-dimensional. I mm -hmm. think... I I don't know. Maybe I feel like if we got more... Before before she fell in love with Ayo, maybe if I saw more of a build-up of her character, mm -hmm. I would probably be able to be able to not feel this way about her being one-dimensional, but everything about this her character so far in the story is really about her relationship to Ayo rather than her as a person. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I feel like that might be a dynamic of many relationships when, like, one person is kind of younger and new to something yep. and the other person's, like, more older and experienced in it where they kind of just, like, give in to the other person. It's like, I'm going to, like, follow them and do whatever they want me to do and blah, blah, blah. Um, yes. Yeah, see, I think it seems real. Mm -hmm. I mean, real in the sense of you don't have to like it. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but it is a thing, right? As, as Vicky, you're absolutely right. It's it's a thing. It's, a, it's an age dynamic. Mm. I know? guess the thing that surprises me is that Anika's older. She is? Yeah. Anika's the one who was, who was in charge of this all the stuff. She's the older one. That's oh, the piece that makes us really... I think I'm the mixed up then. Because I always think Anika's the younger one. The one who's like no, a young I... hot shot. No, I own the young hot shot. Anika's the older one. Okay, so that's what I meant. And you, 
Sorry. And you don't like and you don't like Ayo. No, I like Ayo. I think Ayo. I don't like Aniko because I don't. Think, I think she's like extremely one-dimensional, as opposed right. to Ayo being the hot shot. Her opinions on everything make sense. Like, is the content of the book? It drives the relationship. It drives everything. That makes and sense. Now. <laughs> and and that right, that makes sense. But I don't feel like. I don't feel like Aniko brings as much to the book yet mm. in terms of like who she is outside of that relationship. Because if you're going to sell me on a relationship, you got to sell me on her personality too. Even if she's going to get lost in, lost in the soft, so to speak, <laughs> of the overpowering, of the overpowering uh, nature of Aya. Right, but that's the thing. Aniko, having been part of the group for her life, right? Most of her life at this point. Probably. Yeah, so, but she is that group. She is she is Wakanda. Like, and that, that's the other side of the politics, right? You give up yourself to be a tool, um, a tool for the country. And now you are forced to think about yourself. I think that's what the dynamic is. I think Ayo, you're right, Ayo is just a force to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. But when you are one thing, when you identify as one thing and someone forces you to challenge that, that's not an easy thing to just take up and go. <laughs> so again, I think it's a very real portrayal. It's not a portrayal you have to agree with, but it's a portrayal that exists. That's true too. Does that make sense? Yeah. That, that does. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I'm, mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, no more? No, I think she has been in the Dora Milaje for a long time. See, it makes sense that, like, she's kind of become this, like, soldier of the sort where she she would be one-dimensional, like, because she's just, like, one thing. Like, I protect Wakanda. I live for Wakanda. Like, this is it. Like, one thing. So, but now it's like, wait, there's, there's another thing? <laughs> How do I do that? I can see that. Yeah, I can see that too. Um, so it's, it's it's understandable, at least in my end. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I love I, I like the story. I feel like I didn't buy it, like the first few pages of the first book. Mm-hmm. I was like, what's this? Um, <laughs> but I got into it. Um, I got into it because mm-hmm. it didn't. It revolved around them. It didn't revolve around T'Challa. It didn't revolve around, in many ways. It didn't revolve around um, Wakanda. You know. It was just these two people who are living in a world where things are happening. <laughs> <laughs> um, and how do they go through all of that? Right. Yeah. Pretty dope. That's a great comic. Yeah, I, I, I love it. I don't have any quotes from it, though. I don't know why. That's scary. The only quote I have of it. Huh? Sorry. No, I'm saying I, I don't have any quotes from it, mm-hmm. unfortunately. So I don't think it was very quotable. Or maybe I'm just going to pick up on it because I'm a dude. Um, <laughs> either one. No, no, no. no but, but I guess I have a question for you, Victoria. What, like, you being the female representative of the podcast. Um, hey! <laughs> yeah. What do you, um, what stood out for you? Because most comics are male-heavier, male-centric. In reading this, what is something that stood out to you that you said, hmm, clearly um, a woman is writing this about women for women kind of thing? Um, well, two things. Well, um, one quote 
just to throw it in, um, I really loved in the beginning where I think Anika called Io beautiful, just like underhandedly, and she like in Io's mind she was like she called me beautiful, and Anika was like I just called her beautiful. Like it was just like a really cute and be- like really sweet moment. I thought, um, really loving. But the other thing that stood out to me as a woman reading this was the idea of that the Dora Milaje are supposed to be wise in training to a degree. Like if Chala decides, like, he wants one of them to be his wife. Like, that's pretty much it. Um, So I thought, well, how does that play into, like, Io and Anika falling in love with each other? Like, I'm sure that adds, like, a different set of feelings. And it's interesting, it's never been, I don't think it's been explored before in any other Black Panther series. I mean, the Dora Milaje have barely been explored before in other series, I think. But, um... So, like, that aspect of, you know, choice and wanting... And, of course, like, they are, like, dedicated to their country, dedicated to the Black Panther. So I don't think they would necessarily be opposed to it. But now, like, you have these added layers when they have their personal choices coming out. And it's like, well, which one do you choose? Which one, like... uh, There's, like, uh, uh, like, sexual... Um, choices coming out of this, I guess, is what I would. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I get what you mean. It's, yeah. Um, yeah, how does it play out? How do you feel about it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's gender identity, sexual preference, right. um, dedication, are you married to your job or are you married to this person? I mean, philosophically mm-hmm. right. speaking. I thought I'm try, I can't remember if you if it's on the first page or so when they described the when they described the Dora Milaje they say they're like they used to be wise at one point in time I can't figure out whether I said that because I know going back to <clears throat> the priest run which we'll talk about later mm-hmm. there's a line there where they where they kind of throw out that what well, the priest run has done like '98 or 2005 I do not remember but they talk about oh if Tatawa kissed one of them, that was a proposal. Right. But that but it seems like at the beginning of this run that essentially it's like these they could be his wives, but not really. Like it seems like it's teetering on the line of like that used to be a thing, but it's not a thing that happens anymore, so to speak. I think I don't sorry. No, I think you're right. I think like they kind of like doing away with it more in this recent one, but I do think they mention them as their wives in training or technically wives in training um, in the beginning. Yeah, they mention them as wives in training, but it also seems if we follow T'Challa and his father, it seems like it's something they don't do anymore. It's like a, one of those rules that's on the books but not really the book. Mm. <laughs> um, that being said, it's kind of weird to be like, hey, you're going to join this super secret service, which is awesome, and you may get married off or may not. Let's go meet your possible future husband. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're going to have to protect them, know right. all the secrets, and then be like, hey, if he likes you, you're going to put a ring on it. Yeah. And I mean, knowing that Roxanne Gay and like Tanayashi Coates are behind this series makes me think that it's probably more towards that way where it's not really a thing that's done before. I mean, done anymore. Yeah. Um, right. So I think that's probably it. But it's still an interesting thing to think about as far as like, what if two of them fall in love with each other? What then? 
Can you what imagine I'm, if, like, T'Challa actually wanted to marry one of them? <laughs> and imagine they actually got married. How are you going to follow up Storm? Like, your first wife is Storm. Really? <laughs> that would suck. Like, that's, yeah. yeah Talk about a blow to your ego. <laughs> yeah. And, like, actual blow because she controls the weather. Um, <laughs> Then you gotta worry about like every thunderstorm you come across. Like, is she trying to get revenge? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, so based on both of y'all reasons, what would you say is like your favorite moment so far reading through either World of Wakanda or Black Panther? Like the the moment that's like, yeah, this is it. Uh, I think for me it was the crew. Like that's where it just felt fun and it was really interesting. Um, I love the interaction between the characters. Having like a bunch of black characters on like one page just felt like almost revolutionary to me. Like it was really cool. Um, yeah, for me, it's a cross between same as Nikki, the crew. Like I just love seeing multiple characters on a page um, interacting with each other, just chilling. Um, and when she came back looking all bad and bougie, like, I love that too. <laughs> uh, like, you can find that she just turns into birds and fly away and then comes back. I, I, I love that. I mean, there are two little things I really like, but those two are, I would say, those are the pillars of the comic that I really enjoyed. And for Will Wakanda, because um, those, those two ones were in Black Panther, Will Wakanda, I... <clears throat> There's nothing about, there's no linchpin in it yet that I could point to that I love. Right. I mean, I don't even know if I love the book, but there's nothing that I could say. This is the the critical moment of what this is. The closest thing that comes to it is about a, a two or three page read, a series, mm-hmm. when they show every time something happens, and they don't know the full story, but they're reacting to half the story, you know. Right. Like what? Um, like when Black Panther makes a decision, they're like, "Why is he meeting with Nemo? Nemo destroyed the city. That's wrong." Even though we know the full story, right? We know that hey, the universe is going to be destroyed. So we hmm. kind of want to put these things on the back burner at that point. <laughs> but what I do like about Wula Wakanda is their view of T'Challa, and if you look at how they draw T'Challa in Wula Wakanda and how they draw T'Challa in Black Panther you get two very different views. <clears throat> in Willow in, in Black Panther, you get the complexity of Black Panther, right? You, because you know more of the story, you get the, I want to do this, but I have done that. Look at this room, look at this view. Um, should I go here, should I go there? In Willow of Wakanda, you only see his end decision, right? Right. <laughs> and when you only see his end decision, you see the you see the reaction to it, and he looks a lot more menacing. So when you come and tell the security force, you have to go protect um, Nemo, he looks like a menacing dictator who doesn't care about his people. And he's drawn from a low angle, imposing his will on these people who, in their point of view, is doing a lot more to save the country than he is, or at least caring about the country more than he is. And in many ways, 
They are, right? And he says caring about the country a lot more than <laughs> T'Challa is. Um, and I love that. I thought that was very deliberate by the artist. Um, and that's what stood out a lot. It's one of those things where 10 people can look at the same person. If you have slightly different information, your view of that person could be very different. Now, now that you say that out loud, I'm I'm curious what the crew will paint him to be like. Like, if that's going to be the case, what is going to be the next dimension? Because I, it feels like these three books are going to be intrinsically linked. Right. But that's so. that, that, that's interesting too. Right. So you have the Dora Malachi. They look at him and they see you see their point of view, which is totally valid. Black Panther, you see his point of view, totally valid. The crew is interesting because the, each member of the crew has a different relationship with Black Panther. Right? Yeah. Storm is his ex-wife, so she has a lot more details yeah. than anybody else in the crew. Um, then you have uh, Luke Cage and Misty Knight, who are looking at him as kind of an almost flawless leader because yeah. they're seeing they're seeing the big picture for his decisions, right? Mm-hmm. They're seeing someone, quote unquote, um, successfully leading a country and then saving the world with his own wits, or saving the universe actually, with his own wits. So he seems like someone where the details don't matter, but the end game makes a difference. That's Luke Cage and um, Misty Knight. Then you have Manifold, who sees the child as like an older brother, and you see it in the Black Panther comic. You know, he's like, you help me out when shit hit the fan. Uh, I'm there for you if you need me. So that makes it a difference as well. Um, I, I don't know if that dynamic, everyone's different view of T'Challa will come into play in the crew. It depends how much they rely on T'Challa or not. Right. Which we don't know yet. But, and I guess on that note, I think it's clear that for me, the crew was a big part of like a great moment for the Black Panther run. That's one. But I have to say, the whole Chiang Mai this political discussion with with Black Panther's mother—that's the other piece that I think that like those two scenes will be the ones I take away from it. Chiang Mai is probably my favorite character in the middle of all of this, given that. He sparked a revolution that he didn't like. He was upset and he had these perspectives, but he his, he sparked something bigger than himself, and he can't control the fire now. Mm. And I and I get and I totally totally understand that. I I yeah. I think he sold. It's weird to say that he sold me on the book, but I think I'm way more invested because I because of that discussion that happened earlier. Yeah, he does. Play, I mean, he is a huge part in the series, so that makes sense as far as like yeah. starting off the everything that's happening right now. You Rasta man coming and cause trouble again. Even more importantly, Rasta man causing trouble for Babylon. The system, Rasta man's <laughs> idea trying to break down the system that's holding the man down. Like, think yeah. about it. It's levels, you know, levels. <laughs> bars. 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 <laughs> So, it's too deep, it's too deep. <laughs> with that being said, we want to we first just say, what, we want you guys to tell us, like, what is your favorite man, moment in any of the Black Panther runs going so far, the Black Panther run, the World of Wakanda run, or 
if you're listening to this now when the crew comes out, what's your favorite part of that run? Mm-hmm. Please see us back using the hashtag Nerds on Hip Hop. Instagram us, Nerds on Hip Hop, whatever. And we will read your posts on the show. But before we get to doing the fan answers that we got, we're going to just bid our great guest host adieu. We thank you so much, Mikael. Thank you. No problem. I didn't get to add my hip-hop contribution because there's no hip-hop contribution this week after I did all my homework. But that's fine. <laughs> okay, no, no, I'll, I'll post it anyway. Before I go, I just want to say my suggestion for music that should be tied to the Black Panther comic book or the movie should be RT, um, RTG. Run the Jewels. Yeah. Jewels. Mm. I think you should uh, play Legend Has It. Or um, Panther on the Panther. Of course. Yeah, I think those two. But if, like, if they play, if they have both of them in the Black Panther movie, I'll be right. Makes perfect sense. So I, I think that. I think I'm all the way with you on that. Uh, so, and where can they follow you, by the way? Uh, I don't know. Like, mixed rights. I'm on Twitter. You can follow me there. I don't always tweet, but if you tweet at me, I might answer. Or may not, who knows? Try it and see. Mystery. Yeah, it's Mick Rice, right? Mick Rice. Spell that out for the people. M I K S W R I C E S. All right. So if you want more of that brilliant thought and perspective, you'll find it once in a while on Twitter. <laughs> Sometimes. Hollywood. Thank you so much again, man. I appreciate it. All right, no problem. Later. Bye. Later. So this is kind of a bonus part of the episode. Like, we normally would have ended it by now since this is not an orthodox episode, but Victoria and I went the extra mile for y'all. We're late to the party in terms of uh, this, this podcast should have been out four weeks ago, but when when schedules clash, schedules clash. Yep, especially when you have three people. And three, three people, and one of them doesn't live in the same state. That's people got emergencies. It all happens. But anyways, but because of that, we got the Christopher Priest run. We read, probably, I think you and I have read both five issues. So we'll talk a little bit about our experiences there. Since people, I, I don't know about you, but going into this, reading this run, people have been like, this is the definitive Black Panther run ever. I'm like, okay, let's see what I'm getting myself into. I haven't heard that, but it does feel that way. Like I felt like I feel like it's really delving deep into like Black Panther and his story. That's pretty dope. Well, sort yeah, of, it, kind of. Yeah, I think I think the thing that stands out to me mm. is seeing what hasn't changed <laughs> about Black Panther <laughs> all these years. Because it literally, the, the premise of the book set pretty much goes up with T'Challa makes a trip outside to, to what he said, well, uh, New East New York, East New York. Yeah. And he goes there because a young black girl was killed because of him, essentially. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to kind of atone for that. And then essentially they use all of that to start a rebellion back in Wakanda. 
So Chayda and rebellions are not these things that's unusual by any means. It's different in the sense that the people who are doing this rebellion are a lot closer to home. Like, I guess even then that's not unusual since that's literally what's happening now. Right. Homegrown. But I... Ish. Rebellion. Cool. Yeah. So it's like, how... I guess my new question now is like, how long has Wakanda really ever been stable? Yeah, it's funny because we've... I feel like I've always been... Wakanda's always been painted as this, like, utopia where, like, it's peace and, like, advanced technology. And then I read the priest and it's like, oh, it's in turmoil here, too. So when is it at peace? Right. I'm, I'm wondering if the new a new Black Panther runner is going to be finally just make it peaceful and not crazy. I don't know. Would it be interesting, then? It could be because it could be a case of... Of at least defending home, which would be oh. different than being at odds with people at home. That's although, true. although these people are not at home at home, like yeah, yeah. I, I need to study that the kind of map that they have in the books a little bit more. Yeah, I try to look at it every time they mention some place new, and I'm just like, yeah, no, I don't. I, one day, <laughs> I'll get this right. map. But I think but, the what? Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I, was gonna say, I think I think the one major difference that I've seen with it is that we have a narrator in the priest, and there's no narrator really in the coat. And the narrator is this white guy who kind of has no real understanding of Wakanda is, what it's all about, what Black Panther is, who the Dora Milaje are. So it's kind of like told almost through a white gaze which is a weird yeah. feeling after reading Coates as Black Panther because it's just, like, completely, like, straight, like, five black people, four black people kind of thing. Right. And I don't necessarily think it's a white game, you know, because obviously the writer's Christian Priest who's black, but right. so I don't think it's, like, a white game as if, like, you could... Not in the... Because I can't think of anything weird that the guy has said. Because I'm trying to think, like, if I were that guy... Mm. That'd be like the worst day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is pretty terrible. I mean, look, I mean, like he sits down for like an hour, wait, we've essentially, what's the name of the guy from hell, essentially, and just sitting down and conversating with the devil, pretty much, like, not really the way I want to be living life either. And then loses his pants, and then, then he can't lose his pants, because <laughs> it's like a right. death. And, and the worst part is that he's actually trying to explain this to somebody else. I think that's like, it's not just like there is a white gaze going on. It's like, how do you explain this to someone who really has nothing? Which I think is a deliberate thing because I'm assuming part of the beginning of this run is to kind of communicate everything about Black Panther to people who have zero clue. Mm-hmm. So I think, I don't know how clever it is, but it seems like it was important to do. Yeah. I think, yeah. I mean, definitely important to do. Like you said, like I'm sure when this book came out. I mean, even with when Coates' book came out, like, it seemed like Black Panther's been this character that a lot of people don't really know the history of, don't really know, like, where he, like, anything about him, more or less. Because um, we've been hearing a lot of, like, this is the first time they've, like, gone into depth about this or this or this. So I'm, I'm sure there's definitely a need for explaining what everything is. And sometimes a narrator is helpful for that. I guess I just, it bothers me that it was a white guy who, like, didn't know anything. A little bit. 
but it makes sense because I mean we didn't know anything like reading it so or right. yeah and I, I will say that the comedy sounds weird like I'm not sh- I'm not sure how I feel like that we laughed about it a while ago about like the whole pants thing and so forth but it's like coming off of the coach reading the comedy just feels less field and I'm not sure how to like interpret that yeah it is a little offbeat but I wonder like a part of me kind of had to put on my 90s lens it seemed like because <laughs> it felt like it felt very 90s and then it came out in the 90s so I'm like thinking of that like WB cartoons humor wow. like that's what I'm feeling a little bit and that's not a dick like I just really that's how I felt and like I like it but it just like I kind of felt like I was in that space again that's interesting. I think the art is gorgeous, by the way. And I, yeah, yeah. I've there there have been like so many times I've screenshotted a photo. And I'm just like, this is this is like, yeah. With no disrespect to where like the off what world condo and what Black Panther is doing now artistically, mm-hmm. I there's something special about how specifically that he's portrayed when in the Black Panther costume here because everything else around it feels like your noirish new york city thing which is an interesting vibe on its own mm-hmm. so that's okay to me but the minute that he he places on the the essentially the costume of black pants i'm just like this and you have like those painterly strokes yeah it is really nice i think yeah i really enjoyed the art style which was cool because it's kind of like like you said like it's painted almost that's so really artsy right. um yeah I, there's a line that he said that I can't tell if he said it more than once. I think he said, like, we will have an understanding between us, between us, speak of it to no man. Huh. And I think there are two reasons why I have that highlighted. I think that he said that once in the current run with Colts. I have to double check that. Yeah, he has said it once in the current Colts run. So I realize that's a, that's a line that T'Challa uses often. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And... I also noticed that when he says that, it becomes more of a menacing line that it's mm-hmm. not, like, it's usually meant to, like, strike kind of, it's a deal, but it's usually a deal in fear. Right. So I thought that was interesting. And then I think you and I have both the same other line highlighted. The price of the crown is a heavy heart. Yeah, and it. Essentially, if you sum up T'Challa as one character, like, if you need a line, that's the line. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because, I mean, with the priest and the coat, you kind of see how much, like, being the king weighs on him and how much, like, he kind of, like we said before, he doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want to do it. He it's And he's constantly, like, having to weigh all these options that are, like, difficult, make the power difficult decisions. In one way or another, you're going to be criticized for it. Yeah, so I think I'm I'm enjoying what I'm reading so far. It is it feels very different from the Colts run, but in certain ways, you can realize certain things that's happening in the Colts run have happened before. Yeah, yeah. And and in a certain sense, I think the thing that we're going to remember most from the culture run so far is really where he takes Adora Milaje. Like, I can tell that's been the real part of that entire project. Because here, Adora Milaje are talked about, and it's just, as I said, there's this whole thing about, like, oh, if he kisses one of them, 
that's a proposal and it just it feels very different the relationship because they're like he what he he steps out into new lots black suit mm-hmm. and then he has the two Dora Milaget at his side in yeah. like red dresses and just like this is just feels so different yeah how we're seeing them depicted out here and I could tell that part of like I said like he goes any conventional changes where the, the whole look when Colton also noted that the Dora Jane will feel very different. I completely agree. Yeah, they feel more like warriors and the coats is running. They felt more like, like we said, like bodyguards and like right. in the priest run. And then both are interesting too because, I mean, it is cool to see like a woman in like this like sexy red dress, but then also like, yeah, so, she can also exactly. beat you up, you know? In a certain sense, you can tell that Misty Knight probably identifies with them a lot, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that, too. Yeah, that's interesting, yeah. I didn't think about that. Yeah, and I also yeah. thought it was cool how they went to New Lots. Like, I feel like a lot of people outside of New York or even outside of Brooklyn don't really know New Lots. So it was a really cool and specific place for Black Panther to go. Like, that's actually, like, a like n- kind of known as, like, a place that's not the best to be in um, where they could have probably went to Harlem which also kind of has that reputation but is a little more historically known so I thought that was kind of like showing like Priest did some research or either maybe he's from New York I'm not sure actually you should find that out but find that out that's that's a good point I I think part of also the reason why they probably did that is to kind of keep him away from everybody else I feel like I feel like in this run they're just they would otherwise they'd have to like bring in Luke Cage otherwise they'd have to kind of like how is he in Harlem and none of them are bumping into him yeah I think yeah. I feel like that would have been a thing but and I'm also assuming that since the child died that it'd be harder for that child to die around all those heroes and mm, not for them Harlem. not to do something yeah that makes sense yeah. too. Oh, so I just looked it up. The priest is from Queens, so he knows he's New York. Yep. Queens get the money, right? Queens get the money. (laughs) Uh, Is there anything else you wanted to communicate about this? Um, I think that was it. I think we kind of touched on everything. Um, there are a lot of more similarities. Um, well, Colts had more similarities to the priest run than I thought they were going to be. I thought they were going to be wildly different, but we see, like, Charles still, like, has this, like, crown weighing heavy on him. Wakanda's in turmoil still, even though he's not there in this one. And, um, like you said, like that quote he says, he says it in both, which I think is a cool symmetry between the two. Yeah. I hope that in as much black time as you could stomach for one episode of Nerds on Hip Hop, we didn't do anything else. We didn't talk hip hop. We didn't talk anything else. We wanted to give you like the deepest dive into our experiences going into the Black Panther universe. We're excited about the future of like where Marvel is taking the character because the sign of a character growing is if they can support multiple books. And he is now by the end of this year, he will be supporting three books. Yep. And and in a certain sense, Tanahesi Coates is doing a, a really strong job of like trying to pull people over to Marvel to get more black authors. I mean, he brought over Roxanne Gray. He, Yona Harvey. I don't. Hmm? Yep. That we also know that uh, 
um, Rembert Brown is going to be writing an issue of World of Wakanda, which is oh. crazy. He's he's uh, writing uh, issue six, so like it it's exciting that Marvel's really trying to invest in yeah. in Black Panther as a character. So he can I don't know if he can be as big as like Spider or whatever, but it's like a sign of a character being successful is like can you have Spider Man Spider Spider Woman, Spider Gwen, like, can you expand the universe to have many characters under the same umbrella? The same thing that happens with Batman, where you have Batman, Nightwing, Robin, Red Robin, Outlaw, like, Detective, Con- like, if your character can do that, that means your character's in a healthy place. And I can tell that with all of this, they're making a very strong run to the Black Panther movie early next year. Yeah. And I'm. Um, I'm hopeful that it works out. It would be great to say that we live in, in a place where we consistently have multiple Black Panther comics going on. Definitely. And just multiple Black heroes going on, doing well, and interacting with each other. Definitely. Yeah. But, again, yeah. let us know what's your favorite Black Panther comic moment right now. And while you guys get ready to answer that, we want to answer look back at the answers that we got to our last previous question. So, what was our last previous question, Scout? What's the best example of loyalty or disloyalty you've seen in hip-hop, anime, comic books, video games, or K-dramas? And we did, we got a few answers this time around. I'm really happy. Yeah, you guys are awesome. Thank you guys so much for responding. Yeah, time. this was awesome. Um, so, we have a few. Um, someone put Griffith, which I'm guessing is from Berserk, which I totally agree with. Um, and then he said loyalty, Fry's dog, Seymour, also agree, Futurama, if you haven't seen that episode, it's a tearjerker. Um, yes. I'm going to say loyalty, Dr. Drain, Eminem, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence and Bad Boys, Robin to Batman, Paid in Full, Rico, loyalty, this person said they, they themselves are loyal. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, you need more people, sorry. Yeah, I know. Like, I don't know. He needs some. Well, he did get two likes, so maybe maybe he is loyal. Oh, no, he liked it himself, and I liked it because he answered, <laughs> so never mind. He needs more people. He still needs more people. <laughs> uh, I said worst loyalty should knight in every death row artist, <laughs> which is all true. Oh, for loyal, we got Sarabi from The Lion King. Just true, because even after Scar took over, she was just like, nah, Simba's king. Nah, Mufasa is king. Um, not knowing whether or not Simba was alive. So, true. And she said, this loyalty scar from the Lion King. So I'm an adult, and I'm still not over what he did to his brother. Facts. Facts. <laughs> uh, this loyalty Sasuke joining uh, Akatsuki. Akatsuki. <laughs> That's a good one. I like <laughs> For not knowing how to say that. <laughs> Um, for loyalty, Michaela Hiyakuya towards Yuichiro? Actually, I don't know that one. I don't know what he's referencing. Do you know that one? Michaela? Not at all. I'll look that up later. Um, for loyalty, someone else put K love, K's love for Ty and Gantz. Just have to read Gantz. I hear it's really good. Um, I've been here. I haven't gotten to experience it either. And then for... 
I guess this is disloyalty. Jay leaving Ross and taking the name. <laughs> That's also true. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh my god. Wait, what is this from? While you take a look at that, I'll say shout out to my friend Tito. He gave me two answers, and they're both they're both very related to his probably his favorite group ever, Block. So Jada Jada's relationship to Styles Styles P, and then disloyalty. The one I really don't know is Jay Hood to D Block, which I know D Block's also another reference to the Locks. I do not know anything about Jay Hood, but I'm sure one of our wonderful listeners will be. Schooling us on Twitter about that soon. Yay! Hood. I feel like I know that name. I don't know where. Um, but yeah, so once we get our what question for this episode, if you want to answer it, is what's your favorite moment in the Black Panther series so far, which could include Black Panther, World of Wakanda, the crew that's coming up, anything within the Black Panther, or even the priest run, um, anything within right. Black Panther universe that's going on that we have right now. Um, and you can answer us those by going on Twitter and using the hashtag Nerds on Hip Hop, um, tweeting at us. I'm Miss Old School, Old School with a K, and you are? The Wolf Den, so bye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we thank you so much for listening to this episode. We, we're sorry that it got late, but we appreciate you taking your time with us. Agreed. Thanks for listening. Catch you later. Bye.